Podcastle, episode 413, for April 26, 2016. This is Not a Wardrobe Door, by A. Merck Rustad. Rated G. Hello and welcome to Podcastle. I'm Rachel K. Jones, your co-editor and host. Here is a secret about me. I hate goodbyes. Loathe them, really. I think it was my international upbringing that did it. Moving from place to place every couple of years in the days when long-distance phone calls cost a fortune on a child's allowance. This was well before Skype or Gchat or Twitter or even easy access to email. I lived somewhere just long enough to get painfully, wonderfully attached to the people, the sites, the local customs, and even begin to learn the language, only to get swept away to somewhere new. My old life vanished as suddenly and completely as a wonderful dream cut short by sunrise. This means I've always had a love-hate relationship with portal fantasies. As a child, I related to them intensely because they so perfectly reflected what it felt like to live an itinerant childhood. The sudden involuntary displacement. The feeling of disorientation. The gradual mastery of new customs and languages. The blossoming of new friendships. And eventually, the bittersweet, unavoidable goodbye. Of course, we'll always have goodbyes in life. The curse of our mortality and the limits of our existence in space and time. But as an adult, I can't help but look back with a sense of annoyance. What do you mean I have to leave? Because I got older? How is that even a bad thing? Do you realize I led the Goblin Army to victory, defeated the Mouse Queen, restored the Sunrise Chalice to its proper resting spot in the Seaside Shrine, and govern the Seven Celestial Kingdoms for 20 peaceful years? And you want to send me back because I happen to be born in the other place? Now, don't give me some malarkey about how real life is an adventure too, and that it's all just a metaphor for growing up. We all know that's a grown-up's lie, like, eat your green beans. They're nature's candy. When it comes to adventures, my friends, accept no substitutes. And when it comes to goodbyes, they'd better be earned. Because if my itinerant childhood taught me anything, it's that losing your friends isn't a character-building exercise. And it isn't something you should ever accept passively. Write the letters. Send the emails. Break down the doors, take a crowbar to the wardrobe, and make your own portal if you have to, because those are your friends in there, and they're worth your persistence. Today's story also loudly declares, forget that noise, and takes us on a portal adventure so different from the ones I grew up with. Podcastle is very proud to present This Is Not a Wardrobe Door by A. Merck Rustad, originally published in Fireside Magazine whose editor, Brian White, was gracious enough to let us run this one. 
If you're not reading Fireside, you are reading Fireside, right? Please hop on over to the link in the show notes and check it out, because the stories each month will blow your mind. Your author today is Merck Rustad. Merck Rustad is a queer, transmasculine, non-binary writer and filmmaker who lives in the Midwest United States. Favorite things include robots, dinosaurs, monsters, and tea. Their stories have appeared in Lightspeed, Fireside Fiction, Daily Science Fiction, Escape Pod, Mothership Zeta, and Intergalactic Medicine Show, as well as the anthology The Best American Science Fiction and Fantasy 2015. Merck has a news story about robots and gender in Cicada Magazine's July-August issue and reprints in Wild Stories 2016 and Lightspeed. And you might remember Merck from Where Monsters Dance, which ran on Podcastle last year. Your reader today is... All of us. I'm happy to say this is a full cast reading. The full cast will be posted in the show notes. So saddle up your unicorns, your robot dinosaurs, your sentient notes of music spun from dreams, and join me on this pilgrimage. We're all going to the land of doors to enjoy the story. This is Not a Wardrobe Door by A. Merck Rustad. Dear Gatekeeper, Hi, my name is Ellie and I'm six years old, and my closet door is broken. My best friend Zara lives in your world, and I visited her all the time, and sometimes I got older but turned six again when I came back, but that's okay. Can you please fix the door so I can play with Zara? Love, Ellie. Zara packs lightly for her journey. Rose petal rope and dewdrop boots, a jacket spun from bee song and buttoned with industrial strength cricket clicks. She secures her belt, spun from the cloud memories, of course, and picks up her satchel. It has food for her and oil for Misu. Her best friend is missing, and she must find out why. Misu, the palm-sized mechanical micro-raptor, perches on her seaweed braids, its glossy raindrop-colored feathers ruffled in concern. Misu says, But what if the door is locked? Zara smiles. I'll find a key. But secretly, she's worried. What if there isn't one? Dear Gatekeeper, I hope you got my last couple letters. I haven't heard back from you yet, and the closet door still doesn't work. Mummy says I'm wasting paper when I use too much crayon, so I'm using markers this time. Is Zara okay? Tell her I miss playing with the sea monsters and flying to the moon on the dragons most of all. Please open the door again. Ellie, age 7. Zara leaves the treehouse and climbs up the 1,503 runs of the polka dot ladder, each step a perfect note in a symphony. When she reaches the falconary above, she bows to the falcon queen and asks if she may have a ride to the land of doors. The falcon queen tilts her magnificent head. Have you not heard? asks the queen in a voice like spring lightning and winter calm. All the doors have gone quiet. 
There is a disease rotting wood and rusting hinges, and no one can find a cure. Misu shivers on Zara's shoulder. It's like the dreams, when everything is silent. Zara frowns. Hasn't the Empress sent scientists to investigate? The Falcon Queen nods. They haven't returned. I dare not send my people into the cursed air until we know what is happening. Zara squares her shoulder. She needs answers, and quickly. Time passes differently, faster, on Ellie's home planet, because their worlds are so far apart, and a lag develops in the space-time continuum. Then I will speak to the forgotten book, Zara says, hiding the tremor in her voice. The falcons ruffle their feathers in anxiety. Not even the Empress sends envoys without the Forgotten Book's approval. You are always brave. Very well, then. I will take you as far as the Island of Stars. Hi, Gatekeeper. Are you even there? It's been almost a year for me and still nothing. Did the Ice Elves get you? I hope not. Zara and I trapped them in the core of a passing comet, so they go away. But you never know. Why can't I get through anymore? I'm not too old, I promise. That was those Narnia books that had that rule. And they were stupid. We read them in class. Please say something. Ellie, age eight. Zara hops off the Falcon Queen's back and looks at the Island of Stars. It glows from the dim silver bubbles that thicken the air like tapioca pudding. She sets off through the jungle of broken wire bed frames and abandoned armchairs. She steps around rusting toys and rotting books. There are memories curled everywhere, sad and lonely things, falling to pieces at the seams. She looks around in horror. What happened? Misu points with a tiny claw. Look! In the middle of the island stands the forgotten book, its glass case shattered and anger radiating off its pages. Leave, says the book, before my curse devours you. Gatekeeper. I tried to tell Mom we can't move, but she won't listen. So now I'm 300 miles away, and I don't know anybody, and all I want to do is scream and punch things, but I don't want Mom to get upset. This isn't the same closet door. Zara explained that the physical location wasn't as fixed like normal doors in our world, but I'm still freaking out. I found my other letters. Stacks of notebook paper scribbled in crayon and marker and finger paint, all stacked in a box in Mom's bedroom. What are you doing with this? I screamed at Mom, and she had tears in her eyes. Why did you take the letters? They were supposed to go to Zara. Mom said she was sorry. She didn't want to tell me to stop since it seemed so important, but she kept finding them in her closet. I said I'd never put them there. But she didn't believe me. We can't go there again, Mom said. No one ever gets to go back. And she stomped out of the kitchen and into the rain. Has my mom been there? Why didn't she ever tell me? 
Why did you banish her too? What did we do so wrong that we can't come back? Ellie. Zara's knees feel about to shatter. Why are you doing this? Zara grips an old, warped rocking chair. You've blacked out the land of doors, haven't you? Yes, says the book. All who go there will sleep undreaming until the end. Zara blinks hard, her head dizzy from the pressure in the air. You can't take away everyone's happiness like this. No? Why not? No one ever remembers us there. They forget and grow old and abandon us. That's not true. Ellie remembers. There are others. Misu nods. Zara pushes through the heavy air, reaching out a hand to the book. They tell stories of us there. Zara says, because Ellie used to bring stacks of novels with her, instead of PB&J sandwiches in her backpack. There are people who believe, but there won't be if we close all the doors. Stories in their world will dry up. We'll start to forget them, too. We mean nothing to them. Zara shakes her head. That's not true. I don't want my best friend to disappear forever. Gatekeeper. I don't know why I bother anymore. You're not listening. I don't even know if you exist. It's been a while, huh? Life got busy for me. High school, mostly. Mom got a better job, and now we won't have to move again. Also, I met this awesome girl named Lashana, and we've been dating for a month. I'm so in love with her. She's funny and smart and tough and kind, and she really gets me. Sometimes she reminds me of Zara. I asked Mom why she kept my letters. She didn't avoid me this time. I had a door when I was younger, she said, and she looked so awfully sad. I was your age. And I met the person I wanted to stay with forever. <sighs> but then the door just... It broke or something. I tried dating here. Met your father. But it just wasn't the same. Then he ran off. And it was like losing it all again. I told Lashana about Zara's world. She said she didn't want to talk about it. I think maybe she had a door too. I was so angry growing up, feeling trapped. You know the best thing about Zara? She got me. I could be a girl, I could be a boy, and I could be neither. Because that's how I feel a lot of the time. Shifting around between genders. I want that to be okay, but here? I don't know. The thing is, I don't want to live in Zara's world forever. I love things here, too. I want to be able to go back and forth and have friends everywhere and date Lashana and get my degree and just live. This will be my last letter to you, Gatekeeper. If there's one thing Zara and I learned, it's that you have to build your own doors sometimes. 
So I'm going to make my own. I'll construct it out of salvaged lumber. I'll take a metalworking class and forge my own hinges. I'll paper it with all my letters and all my memories, and I'll set it up somewhere safe. And here's the thing. I'll make sure it never locks. My door will be open for anyone who needs it. My mom, Lashana, myself. L. The book is silent. Please, remove the curse. Let us all try again. Zara says, and she lays her hand gently on the forgotten book and lets the book see all the happy memories she shared with Ellie once, and how Ellie's mom Lorraine once came here and met Vasha, who was waited by the door since the curse fell, and Misu, who befriended the lonely girl Lashana, and longs to see her again, and so many, many others that Zara has collected, her heart overfilled with joy and loss and grief and hope, in return, she sees through space and time, right into Elle's world, where Elle has built a door and has her hand on the knob. Elle, Zara calls. Elle looks up, eyes wide. Zara? Yes. Zara says, and knows her voice will sound dull behind the door. I'm here. Elle grins. I can see your reflection in the door. Is that the book with you? The book trembles. She remembers. Zara nods. The air is thinning, easing in her lungs. I told you, not everyone forgets. I would like to see Lashona again. Very well. The curse will be removed. L turns the handle. Bright lights beam into the island of stars, and Elle stands there in a doorway, arms spread wide. Zara leaps forward and hugs her best friend. You came back. I brought some people with me, too. Elle says, and waves behind her where two other women wait. Lorraine steps through the light with tears in her eyes. I never thought I could come back. Misu squeaks in the light and flies to Lashana. Zara smiles at her friends. Things will be all right. We have a lot of work to do to repair this place, Zara says. She clasps Elle's hands. The curse is gone, but we have to fix the doors and wake the sleepers. Are you ready? Elle grins and waves her mom and girlfriend to join her. Yes. Let's do this. And welcome back. This story gets me teary-eyed every single time. Despite its slender length, it packs such a punch and hints at a well-developed world I love to read a whole novel in. I especially love the forgotten book as a sort of misunderstood supervillain, a victim of the idea that we're obligated to outgrow magic and whimsy and adventure. 
that the rules say we have to lock that door and forget our early loves. But Elle and Zara have it right. Don't let anyone tell you you're too old for adventures. Don't accept it when they try to bench you, lock you out, separate you from old friends. Because it's only goodbye if you lock the door behind you, isn't it? And I really hate goodbyes. Which brings me to some upcoming changes here at Podcastle, some travel between one world and another. When Grandma and I first took the reins a year ago, I'd originally committed to staying for only a few months due to the pending start of an intensive clinical graduate school program. But I found I loved the work so much that I lasted much longer than that, thanks to the support of Graham and our staff. But some of you will know what I mean when I say this kind of overcommitment is like being slowly smothered to death under a pile of adorable puppies, each one more fluffy and cuddly than the last. Despite how much I love all my projects, the time has come for me to choose just as many puppies as I can responsibly care for and let the others go to people I know will love them like I do. And anyway, I think it's appropriate that after ending a long-term relationship with its previous editors, the podcastle got to have a year-long fling before settling down again. Therefore, I'd like to be known henceforth as your rebound editor. I'm proud to leave behind me a full year of excellent, diverse fantasy fiction, as well as pro-pay for our authors and narrator pay as well. I'm leaving you in the best of hands. My wonderful, remarkable, irreplaceable co-editor Graham will be staying on as Podcastle's editor and host. Joining him in taking up my hat will be our assistant editor, Jen Albert, who has already been learning the ropes and planning episodes behind the scenes for several months now. And you'll keep hearing the dulcet tones of our assistant editor, Khalida Muhammad Ali. I've gotten a peek at some of their plans for upcoming episodes later this year. And believe me, you do not want to miss out. I'll be tuning in myself. Thank you to everyone who made my time at PodCastle so wonderful. Thank you to the whole Escape Artist staff the editors and staffers of our sister casts, Escape Pod, Pseudopod, Cast of Wonders, and Mothership Zeta. I love you all, you scurvy lot of rogues and scoundrels. Thank you to our publishers, Alastair Stewart and Marguerite Kenner, for their wisdom, patience, and good humor. I send my love to the whole Podcastle staff, to my predecessors, Dave Thompson and Anna Schwind, who entrusted me to run this ship to begin with. Thank you to our slushers, Arunjiwa, Christy Formeller, Setsu Uzume, and Troy Wiggins. Thank you to our forum moderators, Talia and Asikat. And a very special, enormous thank you to our audio sorcerer, Peter Wood. All my love to Jen Albert and Khalida Muhammad Ali, without whose health and support I would have burned out long ago. And thank you most of all to my co-editor, Graham Dunlop, one of those rare and surprising friends you only find if you take the portal straight into the unknown and embrace the adventure you find there. 
Podcastle's portal doors have no locks and no keys. We don't shut out old friends here, nor do we outgrow them. And so I won't say goodbye to you, dear listeners, because I know our paths will cross again and again in whatever worlds our adventures take us. On behalf of everyone here at Podcastle, thanks for letting us share another story with you. We'll be back next week with another tale mined up from the heights and depths of the human imagination. Until then, this is Rachel K. Jones, reminding you that not everyone forgets. If the door is locked, we'll find a key. Our closing quote comes from Terry Pratchett, who said, No more words. We know them all, all the words that should not be said. But you have made my world more perfect. Was today?